You want to talk about it? A little bit, but not a whole lot because I'm not finished with it. I'm still working on it. But my goal, and I I don't want to give it away, but my goal is to teach purpose and destiny through this play and that we didn't just happen to be here on earth, that we came to earth with our papers in our hands of the assignment that God has given us while we are here. Creative Life Incorporated serves to embrace, educate, enrich, and empower the lives of Memphis children, youth, and families. It was all founded back in 1978 by Dr. Carolyn Bibbs. She is an amazing lady. She's a good friend. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. We haven't been together, what, has it been a year or more? How, what's it's the last? A, probably about a year. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. trying to think, you know, we try to get together at least once a year. Yes. I, I think we should make it more often. I do too. We're friends. I, I know we are friends, <laughs> but I know you're living a busy life and yeah. there's a lot going on in our lives, but it's always great to, to highlight the work of Creative Life. And there's a special event coming up on October the 20th, and it's a celebration 40 years Yes, where has all the time gone? It's 40 years. I'm amazed. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just I remember the first time we met, and you told me the story of you leaving Kansas City Yes, to come to Memphis to take care of your ailing grandmother. And uh, that was, was that 1978? That was 77. That was 77. Yes. So you prayed for a year. Yes. About all these mischievous children in our city. Yes. Young girls getting pregnant, boys in gangs and doing other kind of mischief. And you said, God, do something about those kids. Do something about those kids. And then God started speaking to your heart. That's right. He started putting it on my heart that I could do it. Well, I didn't think that I could because I didn't like kids, you know. I just felt like, you know, certainly there's someone out there that can do this job. But I am so glad 40 years later that he chose me. It has been the journey of my life. And I'm so glad, too, Carolyn, because it has made a difference in our city. And I, I know sometimes it probably gets discouraging when you're in the middle of, you know, uh, God's work. Mm-hmm. And you don't see always see all the things that are happening. But it has made a difference, and we want to talk about that. We're going to talk about the celebration. But one of the things I want to start off with is about your love for storytelling, because that really, I think, is a foundation for this whole work at Creative Life Incorporated. It's uh, storytelling, telling uh, stories through drama, your mm-hmm. love for that. When did that begin? It began uh, when I was uh, in high school back in Kansas City, Sumner High School, And I had a music teacher that was phenomenal, that really just taught us how to sing, to read notes, to be in musicals, Broadway musicals. I had a drama teacher that just kind of impact my life uh, with the drama productions and the drama training. And it never left me. I always felt gifted and drawn toward that. Yeah. And another thing, too, was your ability to write. I mean, when did you discover, because I mean, doing high school stage productions, performances, having a love for that's one thing. But when it comes down and taking pen and paper and creating productions, that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother dimension. I started writing probably in middle school. I really discovered I did 
poems and poetry uh, growing up. But in middle school, I began to write little short stories. And um, then when I was out of uh, high school, maybe my first year in college, I thought about this play and I began to tell my brother about the different characters. And I said, and this person will say this and this person will say this. And he said, well, Carolyn, if you can say what every character is going to say, certainly you can write it. And I said, well, maybe so. <laughs> so he gave me the challenge and I began to write. And that play has been with me uh, ever since. Now, I believe there was a production that you wrote one time about the life of gospel great Al Green. Is that well, right? you know what? I did start, it, start to write that play and uh, went and, and got ready to sign the contract, which the attorney said would make me a very wealthy woman. And when you say sign the contract, this would be a, a, a release for a Broadway production. Yes, yes. And I got right to the end and I found a, a, an attorney. And at this point, I can't remember his name, but a God-fearing man and wife who counseled with me. And they said, well, Carolyn, what do you want to do? And I kept praying and I said, um, this is not what I want to do. And I made that choice. I, I said, no, it's not just about money. It's about what I can do to win souls to the kingdom. Yeah. And Al Green, of course, pastors the Full Gospel Tabernacle Church here in our city, Memphis. Uh, has there, and I don't think I've ever asked you this before, has there ever been a, uh, a combined ministry efforts with his church and work at Creative Life? Have you, have you met Al Green? Did you ever do anything together? Yeah, we did, because he was just starting his church uh, when he came, when I came to Memphis, and uh, his uh, former wife, Shirley Green, invited me to come and do praise and worship every Sunday morning at the Full Gospel Tabernacle, and I did that for probably about a year. It was exactly my first job uh, when I came to Memphis. Was it really? It's for real. I did not know that. Yes. I bet that was pretty special. It you know? was. It I mean, was. Anytime you lead people in praise and worship to God and singing, mm-hmm. I mean, that has to be a blessing in itself. Yes, yes. I enjoyed it. And then God just kind of took me out of that and began to deal with me about the many things that I could do with youth. And as I began to write those things down, it was a good thing because God brought them all to pass. Wow. That's so exciting. Tell the story. It's really a God story of creative life. We mentioned a moment ago about your frustration or concern for troubled youth in our city when you came here and were praying that prayer for God to do something. He started speaking to you about doing something. That was really kind of the seed, the beginning. But was there something else involved with the creation of creative life at that time? Well, we started out with nothing. That That's the first involvement. <laughs> and just, you know, relying on the Lord to give us wisdom. We started out as Jesus Explosion. And it was a group of young people that I brought together, and I just wanted them to use their gifts to glorify God. So they came with poetry. They came with spoken word. This was in 78. They came singing. And on Saturday nights, we started off one once a month. And my pastor at that time allowed us to use the basement of the church. So all of these young people were packed in the basement. But the next Saturday that came around, it was so many young people that came that we moved upstairs. And that was actually the 
the beginning of Jesus explosion. And I would talk to the young people about this wonderful play that I had written in Kansas City and how that it led so many youth to the Lord, people, not just youth. And so they start saying, well, why can't we do it? Why can't we do the play? And so I went and I spoke with Bishop G.E. Patterson. And at that time, he owned the Lowe's Palace Theater. It had been a gift to him. And so we went in there. He allowed us to use it. We went in there. We sprayed, disinfect. We we swept. <laughs> we cleaned it up. And the first night of our production, we had a 1,000 people there. And out of that 1,000 people, over 100 people came forward to give their hearts to the Lord. We did two nights. The same thing happened wow. on the second night. Well, you mentioned the 1970s. That was kind of on the, the I guess, the, the hill of the Jesus movement, you know, back mm-hmm. in the 70s. Right. And because there was this revival among young people. Right. You know, people were kids were getting saved. And I mean, some of the uh, pastors, you know, that now are pa- pastoring churches all across America as a result of that movement. Right. And I was right in the middle of that because I was a young person and um Andre Crouch began to write all these phenomenal pieces of music that would minister to us. And we were singing and uh, just enjoying being young and being a Christian. Oh, my goodness. Andre Crouch, that brings back some great memories because I was a new believer in Christ at that time, probably 1978, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. about the time you started the ministry. Yeah, Yeah, I remember I got into Christian radio soon after that. I remember Andre Crouch being some of the music that I would bring, you know, to the airwaves. So mm-hmm. that's pretty special. What has tried, Carolyn, to defeat your efforts most over these 40 years? Well, we've worked with hundreds and I'll say thousands, multiple thousands of youth. And you just want to see them go on and take your place and and just do work for Jesus and love him and serve him. And sometimes... You know, when I look at Facebook and I see some of my kids on there and they're not representing like they did when they were in middle school and high school, it becomes a little discouraging. But I always hear the scripture that said that says some plant and some water and God sends the increase. So it doesn't keep me from praying for them because I know that that is in itself a, a promise that God has given us. If we just do our part, he'll do his. Yeah. What about advice that you would give to a young man or a young woman, uh, say, where you were starting off 40 years ago, seeking God's will, wanting to follow him? Uh, the greatest thing that I could have learned to do was pray. My mother was responsible for me coming to the Lord because at eight years old, I wanted to be saved. I want my brother got saved and they told me I was too young and I was only two and a half years younger than him. And I came home crying one night and my, my, my dad said, what is wrong with you? And I said, I want to be saved. And he said, where can I buy it? What do I need to do? And so my mother called me upstairs and she led me to the Lord. But the greatest thing she could have instilled in me and my brother was to learn how to pray. And that is the key to the ministry of Jesus Explosion Creative Life. I I just spend time in prayer, and I'm not trying to brag on myself, no. but I really want God to be glorified in everything that I do. And I know one day each one of us will stand before the Father. Yes. And the words that I want to hear him say is, girl, you did a good job. <laughs> That's right. You did a good job. When you say prayer and the key to prayer, do you have a certain way that you like to pray or that God directs you when you pray? Well, 
I'll say it like this. I pray every day. I, I get up pretty early. Some days I'm with Jesus longer than others in that one spot. But all through the day, I'm communicating with him and, and I'm talking to him and I'm bonding with him and I'm letting him know, I don't know how to do this, but if you give me wisdom, I'll do it. So that is my prayer life. Carolyn, mm-hmm. if you will, paint a picture of the type of environment that most of your students at the school face once they leave your property and they go back into their homes. Yes. It's so many stories I have. Like you said, I like telling stories, but I watch the children and I try to learn them. I try not to judge them, but to identify with the crisis that a lot of them are going through in their lives. And in our, the beginning of our Ministry in South Memphis, a lot of the children lived in the two housing communities that were in that area. And a lot of times I would go to the houses and there wouldn't be food or the parents wouldn't be there or the mother was single raising the children. And so these children had uh, what I call inner city maladies. You know, they had the drug infested environments. They had the gangs. They had violence. And they were all, they were some, some were victimized by these circumstances. And so I began to say that we needed to teach the children how to come out of situations that maybe they even live in. And that's when we began to preach a very practical gospel. You know, we talked about the issues of life that maybe a child would not get at home from a mother that was an alcoholic or a father that wasn't in the home or a father that was in prison. And and I'm not saying that every family is like that. There are some families that are doing all they can to raise their children yes. in a godly manner. But then there are so many more that uh, they're not capable of leading their kids in that path of righteousness. So we we have become surrogates, mothers, surrogate fathers, and we are walking this life with these children. And as a matter of fact, now I'm a surrogate grandmother <laughs> for the children because most of them want to call me grandmother. And I thought I was looking pretty good for my age, but... I guess they see me as grandma, and I love it. I, I love it. I've been over at the school, and they call, I've heard somebody refer to you as, as grandma. Yeah, yes. that is, that's really special. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I know you have written a a special uh, production, a drama for this anniversary. Yes, right? you want to talk about it? A little bit, but not a whole lot because no. I'm not finished with it. I'm still working on it. But my goal, and I, I don't want to give it away, but my goal is to teach purpose and destiny through this play and that we didn't just happen to be here on earth that we came to earth with our papers in our hands of the assignment that God has given us while we are here wow uh and I, again, I know that you're constantly thinking about productions because you know God gives you these ideas and you've written I don't know how many total it's probably been. I mean, oh, Lord, I mean, I, I know I've written about 15 full length plays, yeah. skits one. I'm into one act plays now because people can see them. They can get the point and you don't keep them all night. I just yeah. did one this past week uh, in our luau. We do uh, an evening with champions every year. And so from the first time I gave them an excerpt, they've been asking <laughs> for short plays every since they want to follow the storyline and learn from it. Well, if you could produce your dream production, what would you bring to stage? What would the storyline be about? 
Oh, I don't know. Let's see. What would I write about? Where I started a play a long time ago, and it was called The Many Faces of Job. And I've been looking for those bits and pieces of script. And I think I would just write, because I could, remember when you invited me to Sight and Sound? Yes. Well, I went, and I've gone twice, and I'm going again. And it would be something on that level, you know, where the whole audience comes in and, and is involved in that production. Storytelling is such a powerful means of communication. In many parts of the world, those type of storytelling platforms are just used generational over and over That's again. That's true. And even teach the stories of Scripture and the truth of Scripture yes. to the generations. You yes, know? I it's, enjoy doing it. How have you been encouraged by community involvement with the work of creative life? What would you like to see improve in this area when you connect with churches and organizations? We purchased a building, as you know, 24,000 square feet, And we went into a mortgage 15 years ago, and I felt God saying, you can pay for this in five years, and we did. You did it. We did it, and uh, so many people in the community come by continuously to help us in that area. We don't have a mortgage, but we still have upkeep, just like we put three uh, heating and air units. We have seven on our roof. We put three in this yeah. year. And I mean, uh, just a few days ago, MLG and W and the president of MLG and W came and they dug up our playground and they painted in our facility. And this is encouraging to us because our staff is basically ladies. We have a few men, but uh, we work hard because we want it. The, well, you know, it's almost like the scripture that when God was reprimanding the Israelites for keeping their homes beautiful, but the house of the Lord had gone barren. And so we want a, a facility that's beautiful, that people can come and enjoy, and the community supports us. They come, they volunteer their time, yes. they give their gifts, and that's encouraging. And I don't think... A lot of people even realize this is the, one of the best kept secrets in our community is Creative Life Incorporated. Uh, there on Riverside Drive, downtown Memphis, which is a you know it's being revived. You know, there's the the Bass Pro Shop, there's mm-hmm. the there's the formation of the Bill Street in the in the landing and all the things downtown. But people don't realize right downtown. On Riverside Drive, that one section. Riverside Boulevard. Riverside Boulevard. Thank you. Right off of Riverside Drive is Creative Life, the school, the the facility that we're talking about here, and and which is really, it's a phenomenal facility right in, I'll say, the heart of, really the heart of downtown. Yes, it is. And uh, we benefit from that because uh, uh, just a little bit away is the deep inner city. But we're in a safe area, which we call a safe haven, where parents can send their children and not worry about drive-by shootings, which when we were directly in the center of the uh, the inner city, then we saw and heard a lot of gunshots and kids getting killed. And now we're just, just a bit away from it, and we have that calm and peace. Has there been any time in these past 40 years that you said, God, I've had enough. I want to just throw, I don't want to do anymore. It's just too much. Yes. Yes. Many times I just <laughs> thought, oh, God, I, I'm I'm tired. You know, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I've had to go to friends for counseling and just pour my heart out and say, you know, I just don't see how I can do this any longer. 
But um, always in our weakness, God gives us strength and he makes us strong. And so I lean in my weakness on a God whose arms are strong and he can bear me up. Oh, my goodness. That's Mm -hmm. a good word there, Carolyn. What does a typical day look like in the life of Carolyn Bibbs? Well, in life of Carolyn Bibbs, I'm up at four. And so then I have my quiet time and I'll turn on some music and I'll look at my emails and I'll prepare my day. And then I head out to Creative Life, which is about 15 miles from my house. And I take that long ride and do my do my talking in my in my drive time. I'll have to check on different people and talk to different people. But when I get to work, there's no time to talk. I work eight to 10 hours when I get there every yes. day. I'll start at home and then I'll end at the school. I, I don't think we mentioned, too, that Creative Life is a preparatory school from oh, yes. kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. That's so true. Plus, we have a learning center for babies through uh, pre-K-5. And uh, we have partnered with the Childhood um, Institute, and, and we are teaching our babies and starting them to learn not just keep babysitting, but putting the alphabets before them and talking to them. And I had one the other day, and I was he's nine months old, so I was showing him the light. And I said, see, light. I was really trying to teach him how to say see, and he said light. <laughs> he's nine months old, and so now he's mimicking. And so I have learned... Uh, that Urban Childhood Institute, I have learned that uh, children learn quicker at that age. Eighty-five percent of their brain develops during that time. The first so five years of their life. First five years yes. of their life. And their brain absorbs just like a sponge. So we're having a good time with this and and uh, the daycare, the uh, the school, the after-school program, the drama ministry Uh, We're having a ball over there. Carolyn, I don't think we've ever talked about this aspect of Creative Life, the accreditation for the school. Uh, When that came to be, what were there there any hurdles that you had to overcome? Oh, yes. I mean, they give you a broad list of what it is that you need to do. And we began, started that process so that we could have accreditation in our school. That's awesome. Now, the extended title to the name of Creative Life is called the Saving Station. Yes. Now, we've referred to that a moment ago. What has this name meant for the mission most of the Well, school? it started out, I went to my pastor, Pastor Alvin O'Neill Jackson, and I explained to him that all these kids come into the center every week, but most of them don't go to church And so I said, I just want to open up a worship center for the children so that they can have church to identify with. And so he took me to this this, uh, ordination process, and we started the church, and that was 15 years ago. Well, the kids would not come on Sunday. I'd see three, four hundred of them during the week, and on Sunday I'd see five or six. So one night I asked them, um, if you could come to church any other day but Sunday, what day would it be? And it was like they were glad that I asked. They said Saturday. And so we started a worship service called The Hookup. I I let them uh, give it a name, and they called it The Hookup. And that first worship service with kids, we had 65 children and youth 
to come and share and fellowship and learn about the Lord. And uh, we've been going ever since. So <laughs> Creative Life became a saving station for the children. So it's just kind of a mixture of it all together because we want the kids first and foremost, to know who Jesus is. It's like an oasis when you walk yes. inside the doors of creative life. It is. You know? it, it really is. is. And the kids are embraced with love, you know, and they know love. Children know when you're just flodging, or which is their word, or just talking out of the side of your mouth, or when you really care. And that's what we do. We care. Let's share in our closing moments maybe some of the destinations the students after graduation from creative life Where are they going? They're going everywhere. We had one young lady that uh, went overseas uh, year before last, and uh, she was a student at CBU, and the opportunity came up for her to go to Paris, and she went there for 10 days, I believe. Uh, We've had several students to graduate from CBU. A lot of them are working on their master's degree. They've graduated from uh, all kind of schools in the city, but that's one thing we encourage. And most of them are first-time graduates, college graduates, and some of them are working on their master's degree. A few have finished their uh, professional, uh, their doctorate, and they're just moving forward. A lot of them are still in that area of uh, choosing careers, and so they're working until they find their way. I got a uh, email from a young lady the other day, and she said, well, you told me to just keep going, and, and I stopped, but I'm back in school, and she sent me her um, her her grades, and she had made all A's, and oh. she was excited, and now she's starting back at about 27 or 28 years old, and I'm just as proud of her. Wow, I know mm-hmm. you are. Okay, this is a community-wide invitation to celebrating the past, the present, and the future it all takes place on Saturday, October 20th, and the venue is the Guest House at Graceland, located at 3600 Elvis Presley Boulevard. This is a phenomenal place. It is. Newly designed and built. It's a, like a five-star hotel, but they have an incredible like a, a showroom, a stage place. I think mm-hmm. it seats several hundred. Yes. And uh, so tell me about the venue for that night. Okay, this is our fundraiser. We're raising funds. Every dime will go back into creative life. Uh, we will come together. We'll have a pre-reception and we'll have um, uh, just all kinds of things going on in the night. Like like you said, I'm writing this play that's about 30 minutes long. We are honor people that uh, we have some honored guests that will come and uh, receive uh, trophies from us uh that have been with us for years and support us and pray for us. And we want to honor those people that night. We'll have a few guest speakers. We'll have a few testimonies. We'll have videos uh, just sharing what we're all about and just have a good time honoring our Savior. And so tickets for the event, you go to the website? Where, how should you get tickets? Uh, we're with Eventbrite, and you can go there and put in Creative Life 40th, hashtag 40th, and it will come up. And you can go to the website, look on our website, creativelifeinc.org, and you can find information there. CreativeLifeinc.org, the website. Make sure you go soon, friends, for this event, October 20th. 
And if you're not able to attend, you can still make a financial contribution to support the work. You can come down, take a tour, learn more about it. Maybe your organization or your church would like to adopt Creative Life and maybe a special project that they're involved with. I encourage you to do that. Dr. Bibbs, I love you, my dear sister. Thank you so much. It's so great to have you. And every time we get together, I just sense the uh, enthusiasm that Christ has given you, you know, for his work. And thank you so much for sharing with our friends on Bot Radio Network today, Mid-South Viewpoint. And friends, if you want more information, again, go to the website, uh, creativelifeinc.org. And uh, and some Saturday night, if you want to come down to the the hookup and the worship time, be sure and, and find out about that, too. Well, that is all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I do appreciate you stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.